Hello, hello. Welcome to the Hard Skills Show and Podcast with me, Dr. Mira Bronku. On this show, we discuss how to develop the nuanced hard skills needed to become an exceptional leader who can drive significant systemic change to make a real impact. I work with leaders in healthcare, research, STEM, and other technical fields working with that goal, but we also go beyond that into other industries as well. This is the second season, so we're naturally focusing on the second stage of my strategic leadership pathway model, developing leadership identity. And today we are talking with Dr. Alessandra Wall on how women in senior leadership roles lead with impact and authority. Welcome, Alessandra. Hello. So good to be here. Yes, I'm super excited to have you on. Um, Now, I do have a couple of quick announcements before we dive in. So big announcement, the application process for our 2024 Tower Scope Leadership Academy inaugural cohort is now open. If you've been listening, you know I just finished running a nine-week beta test with founding members, and it went so well that we're definitely ready to open doors to a full year membership program. Um, Because we're only admitting 30 people this year and keeping the cost very low again so that we can keep testing and iterating, it is a competitive process. We only admitted 60% of the applicants for the founding member cohort. So I suspect that it might look the same for this inaugural full membership cohort. So if you are interested head over to our website, www.gotowerscope.com, click on Leadership Academy, and read it. If it looks like a good fit, I would recommend applying right away and setting up the interview early because we make decisions as we begin interviewing. So early qualified birds get the worm here, okay? Um, I'm going to show you a quick preview if you're watching live or watching this recording I'm going to show you a quick preview of the website so you can see what to look for, what it looks like, and then a quick preview of the actual community so you get a a really um, quick feel of what it looks like. So um, again, let me just um, share my screen here if you are watching live. Um, This is our website, gotowerscope.com. You go under... Click on Leadership Academy. Okay, there's a lot of information there. It should answer all of the questions you have about the roadmap, what's included, um, some bonuses we're including, um, you know, what the investment is, what you get out of it, what we learned from the first cohort, who our um, advisory board is, what people say about it, and answers to like just about every question you could think of. And um, here's the back end of our community. Um, Right now, we only have that coursework for the first test on developing identity. Um, But this is what it looks like. We had reflections. We had pods for different um, industries. We had information on um, getting started. And we had a member section with pretty phenomenal founding members And um, they're moving into leadership roles within this community. So um, there's a lot of opportunities here if you stick around too. So anyway, I'm going to stop sharing. We're going to get going with Alessandra. So um, 
As a reminder to our audience, we value evidence-based practical solutions. So be ready, take notes, I always do. I know for this one especially, we're gonna have some good stuff. Do not just sit around listening to Dr. Wall because she's got a lot to say um, that I know is gonna be meaningful. And as you're listening, identify one small thing that you can do to further develop your hard skills muscle. So let me introduce her. Dr. Wall is the founder of Noteworthy, and she's an executive coach, speaker, and author. One of her coaching specialties is working with executive women in STEM and finance to build impactful and deeply satisfying careers without sacrificing everything else in their lives. She's also a clinical psychologist, and so she's known for being a coach who combines strategic pragmatism, genuine empathy, and a deep understanding of the human mind to help propel her uh, clients' results. She partners with organizations that elevate and support women, including Athena, Women in Bio, Crew, and the Device Alliance Network. She's also a co-founder and former board chair of Empower Charter School in San Diego. So she keeps herself quite busy doing a lot of good work out there. Her mission is to build a world where women at the highest levels of leadership and success are so common, it's no longer noteworthy. So obviously she and I both have some similar interests in psychology and supporting women in leadership thriving. Um, we'll get to that in a moment, but I say, Alessandra, let's start with something fun and easy to ease into. Are you ready for something a little I, bit I lighthearted? Am. I've been looking forward to this. What's the question going to be? Okay. All right. So um, last time I started this thing, where, um, no, I'm not being paid for this, but I got this thing called a Delve deck mm -hmm. and it's got like all of these cards that you can ask people questions. So I've been using that and I pulled out some of my, um, top favorites from this week. So the one that I was thinking about asking you is what product do you miss that is no longer being sold? I'm going to buy you some time while you think Thank you. Um, a product that is not being sold that I miss. I remember this because I was complaining when they took it off the shelves and it was um, Coke black. I don't know if you remember this, but mm -hmm. Coke black was a combination of Coca-Cola and caffeine. And I know they've come up with other products that do this but none have tasted nearly as good. And I was like, so upset, so mad. And it's probably good because I I got addicted to it and it would be bad if it was still on the shelves right now. <laughs> Feel terrible because I can't think of anything except something that goes back to years ago and not something I would use. But years and years and no. years ago when I was in college, no. there was this uh, hair, like non-permanent hair dye. And I think it was called Glints, and it had the best shade of auburn, like Ooh. the best. And overnight, they just stopped producing it. And I'm at a point where, for anybody watching live, I have a lot of white. I have no intention. I've still got a ton of brown. I have no intention on ever dyeing this. That might change. That's the word intention as opposed to claiming that I will never. Um, 
So it's not that I would use it now, but I remember at the time in my 20s thinking, this is terrible because no other color looked even halfway natural. <laughs> yeah, totally. I Well, you know, as a young person, I dye my hair, usually auburn. I would have been upset too. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, looking at your hair live, I love those streaks of gray. Um, I, uh, you know, just love women who lean right into it. I think they just look so sophisticated. So good, good for you for, for now. For now, right? I hope I can pull it off. But it's very easy to do when you gray later on in life. I think for anybody who grays really, really early on in life, it's cha- it's more challenging. And just totally. to dive into the topic, I think it's also more challenging for women in the workplace. Like there's a lot of pressure for us to look and appear young and younger than our years. So Absolutely. Well, let, let's dive into it from, from that perspective. What are some challenges that you see, um, including just this um, lookism, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what else do you see in the women that you work with um, around the challenges, the barriers, the um, even the sacrifices that they're, they're making? I'm, smi- I'm smiling because I just finished writing a, a newsletter on one of those sacrifices. So I always say of my clients that they are ridiculously driven, smart, capable, because I'm working usually with senior leaders, they have multi-decade track records of success. Like there is nothing but like this aura of being an exceptional leader. But the problem with the world we live in, and it is what it is, right? I'm very, you talked about being pragmatic earlier, right? Being really pragmatic is the systems that these women operate in weren't created for women or they weren't created by women. They weren't created for women. So there are a lot of rules and expectations about how to show up, about how to navigate success, promotions, um, leadership, management, all of those things, which are really predicated on how we believe men should operate. They won't even put all men in the same basket and say is the way men operate, but we believe men should operate. And when women step into those spaces, we are held to um, different and often inconsistent standards. So a very typical different but inconsistent standard is a woman who comes into a leadership role And you'll have half the room saying, well, I'm worried whether she'll be strong enough and assertive enough. And the other half the room saying she's too assertive and she's too strident, right? That happens all the time. One of my, um, a client that I did a large speaking engagement for is thinking of bringing us in because they have their first, their, their first, uh, female CEO, right? This is what we want to get past having to say first female CEO, but they have their first female CEO and. I was speaking to the client and she was mentioning that uh, everybody in the organization, there are a lot of people who are, who are in uproar about it because she doesn't have specific industry experience in the industry that this is around. And then she mentioned, nor did the three previous CEOs, but they were all men. Nobody mentioned it, but somehow with her, it's relevant. Mm-hmm. So these are some of the things yeah. where you, know, I, I do not believe that most people walk into the world trying to crush women down and hold them down, but we are all filled with a set of expectations and assumptions, and those carry out in how we treat and how we um, um, analyze women in leadership and their performance. 
Yeah, absolutely. And um, there is actual, you know, there, there is research mm-hmm. on the fact that in many cases, men get the job. And this is this also applies to venture capital. Um, men get venture capital funding um, based on potential. Mm-hmm. Women um, are evaluated on their past record. Yes. Not and on risk on potential. <clears throat> yeah. Women are women are asked questions about the risk of failure. Men are asked questions about the potential for growth. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so then um what does that mean for um women who have to interview? One of the things that's coming up for me right now as we're talking is um the additional preparation women have to do for interviews, whether it's for venture capital or, or their positions and promotions to demonstrate their past record in addition to their potential. Um, so that, um, you know, it's an overwhelming preponderance of evidence that they will be just fine and they won't be a risk factor. Right. Yep. And that carries to board meetings or anything else. Women have to come in more prepared so that when they make a statement, They need to be able to back that statement. Interestingly, I remember it was during the pandemic having a conversation with with the head of a very large organization who said, well, can you teach my women to speak less? Women use lots of words. (laughs) And I thought, I don't want to work with this guy. And then my second thought was, they have to. And I told them that. I'm like, we have to. We're asked to defend our perspective. We know this on stage. Place a woman and a man on stage. Similar background, similar experience, similar presence, right? So both look very professional. The audience is much more likely to take what men have to say at face value and to question women. And that's female, male, and however you want to define yourself on the gender spectrum. Like that is everybody. Yes. Okay. We, you, I promise everyone we would go deep. And we are already like deep diving into all of this. And so when we come back, um, we are nearing an ad break. When we come back, I want to talk more about how to balance the message around speak less when in fact you have to speak more to prove yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So I'd love to hear more of your thoughts on that. So you're listening to The Hard Skills with me, Dr. Mira Branku, and our guest, Dr. Alessandra Wall. We air on Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, except for the next three weeks when the station is on holiday break. Take note, if you would like to join us online right now today and ask questions of Dr. Wall, we can answer in real time. Find us on LinkedIn, on YouTube, at talkradio.nyc, and we will be able to answer you in real time. We'll be right back with our guests in just a moment. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you a high-achieving, growth-oriented leader? Are you interested in developing your authentic leadership while creating a healthy, inclusive workplace? Hi, I'm Dr. Mira Bronku, host of 
the hard skills on talkradio.nyc at 5 p.m. Eastern on Tuesdays, where we discuss how leaders develop the hard skills needed to make a greater impact. We interview experts, have live coaching, and tackle these challenges. Listen to the hard skills on Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Welcome back with the hard skills with me, Dr. Mira Branku, and our guest, Dr. Alessandra Wall. Now, I did have a question for you about this um, very challenging middle ground, right? Women are told, speak less. They get a lot of messages, in fact, about being small, not taking up too much space, speaking less, that kind of thing. And yet... They also recognize that if they do that, they won't be recognized for their worth. They won't be valued. They won't, um, they'll be judged for not having the capability. And um, you actually empower women to speak up and showcase their value, right? So how do you reconcile those messages when you're working with women? And then when you're working with their sponsors, their organizational sponsors asking for two different things. So a couple things. I am what I like to uh, label as a pragmatic optimist, right? So I'm very much an optimist because I believe these patterns can change. I believe the system can write itself. And I really, I have faith in the fact that when it does, everybody will benefit from it. But I'm also very pragmatic. And the reality is uh, systems don't like being upset. And change is very difficult in a large system where where affecting real change requires more than just your simple efforts. So a lot of what I teach my clients, a lot of what I recommend to any woman listening is to come in and, and be very clear about what you're really good at that you love doing. Where 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 is your value and where do you want that value applied? And making sure that that is very clear. The more you build and this requires speaking, the more you build visibility around your top skills and the spaces in which you want those skills leveraged, the more you will build credibility and brand around being a powerhouse as opposed to a workhorse. And where that helps is the stronger that brand, the more people recognize, including you, the more people recognize what your top value is and the best way to leverage it the easier it is for you to walk into any space and say what you have to say without having to prove it, back it, and repeat it. 
That being said, the reality is, as women, we still have to show up to most meetings better prepared. We still have to approach a lot of the statements we make, uh, like academics, with, with you know, we, we have to have our source, our source material in the background. And that is frustrating to do, but that's the pragmatic piece that comes with doing this. But I would say for women, and especially for women who are lucky enough to have sponsors or individuals within their organizations who are trying to move things is to have open conversations about this. And then to really leverage the influence and the power differential, the power of the sponsor to walk in and go, hold on a second. If it were Alexander instead of Alessandra asking this question, would we be asking him to to back up what he's saying? Or I'm, I'm really curious why when, you know, when Sean mentioned this, we just took it at face value, but right now, you know, Mira is saying it and suddenly we're asking her to give us evidence. If we're going to ask Mira, we need to get it for, from Sean. If we're not going to ask Sean, we don't ask Mira. Like it's one or the other, right? And we can't, we've done a lot of work around allyship recently. We have a few programs that we run at Noteworthy. There's just so much we can do. And then there's all the help that we need to get from others. Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious. Um, okay. I'm, I'm now like curious about two different directions here. I'm just going to take, take one direction first, which is um, you're a clinical psychologist by training, right? Yes. Um, how did you get into this? And, and I'm especially curious um, because I'm wondering what psychological principles you find yourself applying or helping people um, apply to this space that might help them um, lean a little bit more into it or, or be better able to um, apply it in, in a sustainable way? Mm-hmm. Um, my story really isn't very different from many people, I believe, certainly many professionals and people who have careers. I did start my career as a clinical psychologist. I absolutely believed that I was going to love that career my whole professional life. Of course, I made that determination as a 15-year-old, <laughs> right? So 15, I decided I wanted to be a psychologist, started pursuing it, was certain, again, through my teens, through my early 20s, that I would love it. And the problem is about seven years into that career, seven-year itch, I realized I didn't love being a therapist anymore. There were a lot of factors. Like I had not fundamentally changed as an individual, but a lot of factors had changed in my life. I had two small children. And what happened to me with kids is I actually became way more ambitious. I wanted more. I wanted to make a bigger mark. I saw this potential. I think having children showed me all the things I hadn't reached for, which suddenly felt much more difficult to access. And I tried to do, I think, what most people do when they're unhappy in their work life, which is you tweak what you can tweak. I tweaked who I saw, how I saw them, my schedule, my day, things got slightly better, tweaked things outside of work to make life feel more balanced and still was pretty unhappy. But what I knew is I had, there were things I did love about my, about what I did. And that, this actually ties into what I was talking about before. I loved watching people walk into my office, feeling like there were no solution and getting them to that place where suddenly like they just felt better. And they had the tools and the strategies to address the situations that had brought them down on their own, you know, in perpetuity. 
I love the problem solving. I tell people I am a fan of puzzles. I love puzzles so much. All puzzles, word puzzles, jigsaw puzzles, uh, you know, the, the, the rooms, the escape rooms, love puzzles. And this was a puzzle, right? So I loved using my brain that way. And then there's another thing. I don't know that it's a skill set. Sometimes it's a curse. Uh, I, I am somebody who says what she means and means what she says. And uh, I'm not probably smart enough to care about the fallout often. And so when I put all those pieces together and started thinking about who I enjoyed working with the most, how I wanted those skills leveraged, it was moving out of doing it as a therapist. And I wanted to do it for people around their careers. And then slowly, just upon practicing that, realized that really the, the people I felt needed a ton of help were women and professional women. And only once I started working with women in the corporate space, did I actually get it. And I compare my experience to the experience of very many men. I knew the data. I knew the science. I'd heard women at that point, quite literally hundreds of women in my office over a decade by then talk about the misery they experienced in the workplace, the different treatment. I, I had all the information. I didn't get it. I didn't get it. And when I got it, I nearly felt ashamed at how little I had gotten it because in my office, I was Dr. Wall. And in a power structure, I had the power structure. And sure, I faced bias outside of work and probably face it in work, but I didn't see it. Right? And I didn't really experience on the day to day. It didn't hold me back. So that led me to what I'm doing now, because my goal is to change the system. And the easiest way to change the system is from the top, right? There are tons of people at the bottom of the system, at the base, who are really working hard. But if they don't have support from the top, nothing's going to change. So then when I think about the work I'm doing, it's really exactly the same skill set applied in different ways. In terms of the psychological uh, models that we use the most, I still talk about the cognitive behavioral model all the time. I'm constantly explaining to my leaders, both in terms of understanding their own reaction to have better EQ, but also in terms of understanding other people's reactions and dynamics, how over time, situations lead us to build new certain beliefs or assumptions about the world, that those beliefs or assumptions get expressed ex externally in terms of emotions, that they color how we walk into situations, that they drive our actions. I teach them how to identify what those patterns are, look at what's working, what's not, act despite the dynamic still being there. 2023 has been a very difficult year, uh, especially for women. Everything exploded for my MySpace, right? STEM, STEM finance. Uh, and so we've been talking a lot about anxiety. My area of specialty at the end of my career was anxiety management. Anxiety, burnout, didn't have the name burnout at the time, um, and perfectionism. So we've been talking a lot about those and using those models to help people calm down. So all of that skill set, right? Uh, assertiveness training, self-awareness, like all of that gets used on a regular basis, just in a different context. Yeah, that's great. Um, thank you. So visibility. I'm gonna I'm gonna totally switch gears now. That's fine. I can um, I can flow. This is my you. other lane. This is the other lane that I was like on my mind. <laughs> um actually I'm gonna ask this right after the ad break because we're we're nearing an ad break again. So let's take that break first. When we come back, um, I'm curious about um, 
getting that visibility around top skills and especially talking about personal brand because this is this is an interesting um you know and, and sometimes fraught with like discomfort around it so i'm really curious to to hear your thoughts on it so um we're um, entering the ad break, you're listening to The Hard Skills with me, Dr. Mira Branco, and our guest, Dr. Alessandra Wall. We are air on Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, except for the next two, maybe three weeks. We had a disagreement back channel here with the producer about whether we're off for two or off for three. I will let you know later on. Um, but either way, we're going on a holiday break for at least two weeks. If you'd like to join us and talk with us right now, you can join online and we'll be right back after these messages with our guests. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. What really drives success in business? Introducing Intangify, the show that explores the intangible assets that create value and growth. I'm Matthew Asbell, your host and an attorney focused on innovation. Join me Fridays at noon Eastern to discover how innovation, culture, and other intangibles shape driving companies from startups to established businesses. We'll share strategies to unleash your business's true potential. Tune in live on talkradio.nyc Fridays at noon Eastern and Intangify your business today. post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the hard skills with me and Dr. Wall. All right. So personal branding, people have different reactions to that. Um, and it's not, I don't think it's a very well understood concept. Um, what the point is, how do you lean into it? Um, why would you want to do it? So I'd love to hear more about um, why go in this direction. You know, one of the things that you were starting to say about it was, how it helps with gaining visibility and helps with sort of honing a message, but I'd love to hear more. Yep. There, you talked earlier about being fact-based, right? Empirically derived. So we're going to, we're going to base this in empirical data. One, human beings are social animals. We have evolved to elevate, to support, to promote the people we know and trust. That requires you to build relationships to get, you, you need people to know who you are, to understand what you're about. And we talked about situations leading to assumptions and beliefs. When people think about you, they have a whole set of assumptions and beliefs that come to mind. 
And you want those assumptions and beliefs to be aligned with the person you are, the values that are at the core of how you show up, and the value in terms of skills or impact that you can make in the world. Whether you believe, quote unquote, in personal branding or think it's good or bad, I really don't care because you have a brand. It is the sum total of everything people think, know, feel, and believe about you. And when we talk about personal branding, at least with my clients, and I'm sure in the work you do when you're talking about identity, right, it really comes down to helping people identify what's most important to them, what needs to be highlighted externally of all the facts that you could, um, that you could communicate to other people. Human beings don't tend to be able to hold a whole bunch of facts at once. What are the most salient ones, the most relevant ones to the people out there? And making sure that that gets broadcast as much as possible. And broadcasting doesn't mean I walk into a room and I say, hey, my name is Alessandra Wall. Here's my logo. Here's my mission. Here's my I'm not. I'm not a pair of athletic shoes. <laughs> and it is coming into the world and making sure that everything from the way you look to the way you speak to the way you speak of your work, your interests, really communicates, again, those high value, those things, what value you can bring to the table, who you want to bring it for, right? How you can help people think about it that way, what your core values are, and kind of what kind of human being you are. We know for women very specifically, visibility is the number one factor associated with advancement for women. So it is essential for us to build visibility. And part of building that visibility is making sure that people know who we are and people use the right kind of words to describe us or talk about us. We know that for senior, for women in senior leadership, the World Economic Forum, uh, I think it's last year or the year before, said sponsorship is the most important um, factor that needs to be built to help support a healthy pipeline, and the success of women in senior leadership positions. But if you want to bring sponsors to the table, those sponsors need to know who you are, what you do, who you do it for, who you're best positioned to help. All of that, that's what your brand is. It's nothing flashy. It's, it certainly should never be anything fake. Love this. I have a billion follow-up thoughts on this. Our brains work the same way. <laughs> okay. The most immediate that comes that I, I want to address is um, why offer this or recommend this to women? Do we also recommend it to men? Do men do this too? Um, what are your thoughts on that? Okay. I think there, yes, men do it too. And yes, it's important for men too. We can just start there. We recommend it to women for a couple of reasons. One is that piece of information I offered earlier, which is visibility is the number one factor associated with advancement for women, not just women in senior leadership or executive leadership, all women. And I think that part of the reason, and this is a theory of mine, I don't know this factually. My guess is part of the reason for that is that in every single culture, little girls are taught that what's right, what's ladylike is to be humble 
and be a team player and be quiet and not brag. And what that translates into is adult men and women believing that when women are behaving appropriately, they're self-effacing. So most of the women I work with, what their MO is, is to walk into the workplace, do an excellent job. They put in more hours. They keep their nose to the grindstone. It, I am, have conversations daily trying to explain to women that their work does not speak for itself. That is the belief. If I work hard enough, here are my results. Isn't my manager supposed to know what I'm doing? Isn't my leader supposed to, doesn't my team understand what I bring to the table? And I'm like, no, it is, it is not fair of you to assume that other people need to be aware of what you're doing, what you've achieved, what your top skills are, and what your growth plan is for your, for your career. It is our responsibility as women to do this. But again, we're not taught. And I, I've personally lived in five countries on three continents. I've traveled to 20 countries thanks to Zoom. I have like spoken to women all around the world. I don't care where you're from in the world. They all say the same thing every single one of them, but in my culture, in my family, in my community. So we have to break that. And speaking about ourselves, highlighting our qualities, speaking in terms of I instead of we for women, incredibly difficult. And we get pushback from women and from men when we do it. Yeah. So if that's the case, um, which I 100%, 100% agree, um, if that's the case, um, how do you work on a personal brand, gain visibility without getting the pushback? Or do you just work through the pushback? What do you do? A uh, little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. The way we do it at Noteworthy is there are a couple things. One is I teach women to start by articulating their passion and their excitement for things. And neurochemically, there's like a really strong argument for doing this. When human beings are allowed to talk about things that they're really, really excited about, a couple of things happen externally. One is like I just did, um, we start smiling more. Our eyes tend to open up. We tend to lean in, right? You watch two people who are dating or who are on a first date and the date is going well, they will start leaning towards each other. Their eyes will open a little wider, right? These things happen when we get excited, when we get passionate about stuff. But neurochemically, what happens is we start producing dopamine, which is a reward and recollection neurotransmitter. We start producing serotonin, which signals happiness or pleasure. And then we start producing neuropeptides, which help us calm down. So when we can be in a position where we talk about things that excite us, we feel rewarded, happier, and calmer. But there are these things called neuro mirror neurons in humans' brains. And they're the, they're the neurons that are responsible for that pesky kind of annoying habit. Sometimes when you'll sit with somebody and they start mimicking you, right? You cross your legs and then you notice they cross their legs. Or even when you watch a movie and somebody on screen is making a facial expression, you find that you're mimicking that facial expression. That's mirror neurons. And so thanks to mirror neurons, if you can get really excited about what you're talking about and all those changes happen on your face, you'll start seeing micro versions of those changes happening on the face of your listener. And then the same stuff happens in their brain. So now just being around you makes them feel rewarded and feel better and feel calmer. And we use that to bypass the bias. Ooh. So instead of walking in and saying, listen, I'm really good at the following things. And because I'm really good at the following things, I can do X, Y, and Z. 
we might, I'm, I might teach my women to say, you know, one of the reasons I really loved working on this project, the reason it was so much fun for me is because I got to do X, Y, and Z. And these things allowed me to tap into these skills, which honestly are some of my top skills. And they're the ones I'm most like putting to use. Actually, because I'm good at this, I was able to. And so we're doing the same thing. We're broadcasting to somebody what the value is, but that gets through the people. Whereas if they did the first example, what happens is most of us, unless you're a celebrity, what most of us do is we look at the woman and we go, who does she think she is? We don't do that with men. With men, we might say, oh, it's so cocky of him. But then mm -hmm. we still take in the information. So that's one, one way we, we, we do it. The other way we do it is by teaching the, to help women overcome it. I remind them that the whole process of sharing your value is not about being boastful. It's about being helpful. The clearer I am about what I do, how I do it, and who I can help best with my skill set, the more value I can add for everybody around me. I can make it so much easier for people to get the help that they need. So that's how you overcome. That's the reframe for individually. But then there are a thousand ways you can do this. So for example, when next time somebody compliments you, instead of saying, oh, thank you, that's so nice, sir. Thank you, it, 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 it's nothing. Why not come in and let them know? I really appreciate you taking the time to, to share that with me. You know, part of the reason we were able to achieve this kind of result is because we did X, Y, and Z. By the way, I love that kind of work. It allows me to use the following skills. These are some of my top skills. With that, we can in the future if you need help. Or if somebody, if somebody delegates a task to you that you want to take on or a task that you don't want to take on, all of those are opportunities to broadcast your, or even your core values. I love doing this kind of work. It's really about you know helping people in a community build impact. And those are two of my top values, right? So that's how we overcome the bias. I love it. Um, there's a number of things that, that I'm, I'm going to pull out before we go to the break that I really um, just resonate so much with. One is um, what you described just now is really how to own and signal your impact and your value when other people might not make the connection, you're connecting mm -hmm. the dots for them, yes. right? Mm -hmm. Love that, right? That's a great practical, clear skill set that people could literally take right now from today and apply it tomorrow. Um, the other is um, obviously the interesting um, idea of the, you know, how neurochemicals and how our history impact how people react to us, right? Um, the other is um, what we, I think what I'd like to sort of um, highlight when we come back around is this, how it connects with how you develop and highlight your um, leadership identity, the mm -hmm. way that you want to be seen. So we're, when we come back, that's what I'd like to sort of finish up on. So um, we're entering an ad break. You're listening to The Hard Skills with me, Dr. Mira Branku, and our guest, Dr. Alessandra Wall. We'll be right back after these messages. Are you a high-achieving, growth-oriented leader? Are you interested in developing your authentic leadership while creating a healthy, inclusive workplace? Hi, I'm Dr. Mira Bronku, host of The Hard Skills on talkradio.nyc at 5 p.m. Eastern on Tuesdays, where we discuss how leaders develop the hard skills needed to make a greater impact. We interview experts, have live coaching, and tackle these challenges. 
Listen to the hard skills on Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to The Hard Skills with me, Dr. Mira Bronku, and our guest, Dr. Alessandra Wall. Um, <clears throat> I'd like to wrap up our conversation with how all of this relates to developing our leadership identity. And what's coming up for me <clears throat> as my takeaway is um, something that you mentioned earlier on about um the importance of getting in front of assumptions and um, uh, and or dispelling assumptions, right? And we, we want to be seen in a certain way, in the way that we value, right? And if there are assumptions being made, whether it's because of gender biases or some mistake you made or whatever it is, um, it's, it's hard to get ahead of it unless you start thinking about the messages that you would like to share that are clear and focused on like those top values that you mentioned, right? The, the personal brand mm -hmm. is part of that, right? So I'd love to hear more about how you sort of like connect it with that leadership identity and the importance of like how people want to be seen and how to show up. Yeah. I, so just a, a side thought associated with what you just said in terms of making mistakes, Another way to think about it, and I'm sure part of a lot of the work you're doing in Tower Scopes is when people clearly understand what you are about and they trust you, right? You've built, you've taken the time to build that trust. You have so much more wiggle room and forgiveness when you make mistakes. Like people don't expect you to show up perfectly because they don't judge you based on a singular moment or experience or mistake. So it's interesting. I, I love your program. I think it's fantastic, by the way, that you're extending it to a full year. I know that at Noteworthy, we've tried to do three months. We did six months for a long time. But what we found out is our clients kept on, either I extended it for them or they would extend. And we were always doing full years. And, and there's so much rich work that needs to be done. That whole year gives people breathing room to get the work done, but to do the work well at the same time. Yes. So I when you were announcing all the changes to your program at the beginning, I'm like, it sounds, it sounds 
Fantastic. Thanks. Um, where I tie this into leadership identity, we talk a lot about the five pillars of great leadership. I bet you we're super aligned on many of them. And one of one of the the first pillar that I talk about is uh, strategic value based leadership, and the idea that great leaders are people who aren't just planning for tomorrow; they're planning for five years, ten years from now. They have this like long-term strategic view, but everything about how they operate is grounded in their core values, who they are. And that is, that is a huge piece of one's identity. What do I stand for? What matters to me? In what way do these things matter to me? And how do I express them? And um, what I will tell my leaders in general is the clearer you are about this and the, the more you broadcast this, not just in words, but through your actions, the easier it is for people to understand what you're about, to understand how you think and operate so that, first of all, in a time of crisis, or if you're not around, they can step in and, and think from your perspective, but also in a time of crisis, when everybody's scared, they can slow down and they can trust that they know what you're going to do. But for the leader individually, the clearer you are about this, also the easier it is in those times of crisis to operate ethically, to stay aligned with what right for you looks like and to not get swayed by fear or by pressure or by, you know, environmental circumstances. So that's where I do the tie-in to identity. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, um, I just had a talk with the leader right around this ethical dilemma stuff and Mm -hmm. that she, um, she was going in one direction because it seemed like it made logical sense. But when she got home, it felt wrong for -hmm. multiple reasons. And so she came back the next day and re-engaged her leadership team and said, this feels wrong. Is there a way that we can strike a balance between what's right on paper versus what's right ethically or morally from what my perspective? And that made her feel so much more aligned. And it also helped them respect her more, even though like they originally wanted to go in in a completely different direction. They did respect her for explaining how she came to this, right? A huge piece of understanding all this, this identity, doing this identity work, which is big work. It's also, it should be fun. I think it's so much fun. Um, is is about identifying what the right opportunities are for you. So once you're clear about what your value system is, what your identity is, what matters most to you, where you can make the most impact, all of those pieces, it's so much easier to look at opportunities and identify whether or not those opportunities are right for you and whether you're right for those opportunities. That makes it easier to leave a job if it's not a good place. It makes it so much easier to interview if you're interviewing you know, for a new position to ask the right questions. Um, If you're onboarding as a leader, it also, or if you're building your own company, it's the same thing. It makes it much easier to to build a team or build an organization that's going to function in a manner that is, it doesn't need to be the same. Everybody doesn't have to have the same values, but you need an alignment in value. And from a cultural perspective, right? So if we're talking at an organizational level, what that creates is a sense of togetherness, right? And again, we can be different in that togetherness, but we know that at least on the following things, we're generally aligned. 
Absolutely. hundred percent. Yep. We're fully aligned. You and I, <laughs> I love you. So, yeah. Um, what is the one thing that you would like people to take away from this time out of all of the wonderful things that you shared? Um, the, probably the most important thing is I do whatever your gender, wherever you are in your career, it's your responsibility to help other people understand how you can help them. And I know it's uncomfortable and I know it feels scary. If you do it the right way, you, you, it's, it's invaluable. Your team needs to understand why you're the leader. Your leaders need to understand what you bring to the table. Your clients need to understand what makes you like the best person to help them with the things that are so important to them. So do the work, even though it's uncomfortable. Wonderful. If people want to find out where to find you and learn more about Noteworthy, where can they go? The, there are two places. The easiest place will be my website, which is noteworthyinc.co. Don't add that last letter, just .co. And then you can find me on LinkedIn. And I, I am, spend a lot of time sharing stories and sharing accounts on LinkedIn. And that's it. Uh, Dr. Alessandra Wall. Great. Now I, um, for those of you who are watching live and or watching the recording, um, what I have your website up here, noteworthyinc.co. Mm -hmm. And um, what are, what are they going to find? Um, and where, where would you like them to like, especially take a look at? There are a couple of places for individual women who are looking at what we can do. There's literally a whole section that just talks about what we, what we, the programs we have and the kinds of changes that we're trying to drive in women's careers and how we support them. We have a whole other space also for, for companies because ideally we, we move beyond just one-to-one. -one. I love the one-to-one -one work. Don't get me wrong, but we move towards the one-to-many. And then the other thing I wanted to do, I've created over the years, so many tools, resources, worksheets to help women, to help humans, not just women, navigate uh, difficult situations. So those resources are there. Um, I use LinkedIn. That's about building social capital, how to use LinkedIn, how to build visibility. The art of nothing comes from my years as a clinical psychologist working with people with high levels of anxiety. And it's how to slow down and create micro breaks within your day to function better and to feel better. So lots of free resources as well. These are fantastic resources. Uh, your um, website is gorgeous, drool-worthy. So Thank folks, you. you gotta you gotta take a look. If if you're just listening, you just gotta go take a look. Okay. Um, <clears throat> okay. So if you would like to explore how we can help you with leadership and team development services. Um, check us out at www.gotowerscope.com and go check out Dr. Wall's work at noteworthyinc.co or just find her on LinkedIn and learn more about her. Um, as a reminder, the application process for our 2024 Tower Scope Leadership Academy cohort is open. So go to the website, click on Leadership Academy to learn more. Rem uh, remember that it's a competitive process. So we make the decisions as we begin to interview. So just apply and see if um, it's a good fit. What did you take away from today, audience? More importantly, what is one small change that you can implement this week based on what you learned from Dr. Wall? Share it with us on LinkedIn. You now know where to find us, right? 
or at talkradio.nyc so we could cheer you on. We're also on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and Twitch all over the place, but LinkedIn is where we live online. So respond there. In addition to being a live show, we are on iTunes and Spotify. Please go subscribe to the podcast, leave a review and share with others to help increase our visibility. This is our branding time too, right? To increase our visibility, reach and impact. And just a reminder, the station is on holiday break for at least the next two weeks. So you do get a break from the hard skills. Thank you to talkradio.nyc for hosting. I'm Dr. Mira Bronco, your host of the hard skills. And thank you to our guest, Dr. Alessandra Wall today. Have a great rest of your day, wherever you're tuning in from. Thank you. unanswered questions regarding your health are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness i'm frank r harrison host of frank about health and each thursday i will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you tune in every thursday at 5 p.m on talkradio.nyc and i will be frank about health to advocate for all of us What really drives success in business? Introducing Intangify, the show that explores the intangible assets that create value and growth. I'm Matthew Asbell, your host and an attorney focused on innovation. Join me Fridays at noon Eastern to discover how innovation, culture, and other intangibles shape driving companies from the startups to established businesses. We'll share strategies to unleash your business's true potential. Tune in live on talkradio.nyc Fridays at noon Eastern and Intangify your business today. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you a high-achieving, growth-oriented leader? Are you interested in developing your authentic leadership while creating a healthy, inclusive workplace? Hi, I'm Dr. Mira Bronco, host of The Hard Skills on talkradio.nyc at 5 p.m. Eastern on Tuesdays, where we discuss how leaders develop the hard skills needed to make a greater impact. We interview experts, have live coaching, and tackle these challenges. 
Listen to the hard skills on Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.